Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast and welcome to episode 210. I hope you are keeping well and safe and you're having a, a pretty cool Star Wars week. There's been, it's going to be a short show. It's another week where I'm flying solo. Mark is away on his uh, family holes at the minute. So he'll be back next week. So I'm going to be rounding out the Star Wars news for you this week. Now, it's a really slow one. I've got to be honest with you news is very slow at the minute i think that's because they're kind of hiding away a little bit from uh putting brand new stuff out there while they've got new star wars rocking and rolling so the bad batch season three is currently rocking on disney plus so there's been a lot of chatter about that the first three episodes dropped all in one shot so that's going to be cracking for the next i don't know month or so a couple of months as we go up to i think it's um beginning of may or sometime around there that's when that's going to wrap up so because of that not much news going on it's going to be a nice and short one for you i'm just going to keep you up to date on what's going on so before i get to the news like i said i hope you keep him well and if this is your first time listening to spark of rebellion then welcome welcome it's good to have you here long time listeners it's good to have you here as well so thank you for checking out episode 210 and if you are if you like what you hear if you like uh, our star wars roundups and our news and waffle normally there's two of us like i said my co-host mark is not here at the minute there's normally two of us waffling and having some bants around uh, the world of star wars and so on then make sure you're following and subscribing you can do that in whatever podcast app you listen to your podcasts on that way you won't miss an episode when we put them out every single Saturday. And if you want to support Spark Rebellion, you can do that via sparkofrebellion.com forward slash support. And thank you so much to our other supporters who support us. You guys are so cool. And everything that comes through from that, we put back into the show to make sure that production's all good and content's all as it should be and our regular schedule is kept up to date and all the rest of it. So thank you so much for your continued support. So let's crack on with the first story, and this is via um, JediNews.com, and this is around the upcoming Acolyte. So I mentioned that we've got some new Star Wars out and about already, which is the Bad Batch, but there's been a couple of stories already looking at the next thing once that's done. So this report comes from um, Collider.com, and it's via JediNews.com, and they say that the Acolyte, so the, the the show that we're all pretty much looking forward to, I would say comfortably most of us are looking forward to out of everything that is coming this year, which is not a huge amount, let's be honest, but the one that we're all looking forward to is the Acolyte. And the Collider.com are reporting that that's going to land on Disney Plus on the 5th of June, which is... A kind of a surprising date for me that seems a little bit too close to when the bad batch finishes for me at least and uh yeah that's that's i would have thought they would have spaced these out a bit more throughout 2024 so i think the bad batch i'm sure it finishes up either the beginning of may or the end of may i think it's the beginning of may but even so that's only a month between them and then if we think about the only other show that's coming in terms of disney plus which is skeleton crew um, I know we've got Tales of the Jedi and stuff, but that's uh, I'm talking about brand new stuff. Um, the only other brand new show is Skeleton Crew. So if they put the Acolyte on straight after 
the bad batch finishes or near thereabouts that then leaves a very very big gap to space things out for the rest of the year even if they put skeleton crew on later like october november time so i'm not sure on this one it could happen who knows it's a bit of a weird date as well like normally with it's a bit like blockbuster films i guess normally you have like the summer blockbuster window then you have the you know the christmas window that they're the two big kind of release windows and uh yeah just seems weird that they put it on the beginning of june you'd expect they'd space it out a bit put it on maybe sort of mid-july as we go into summer and then skeleton crew at the end of the year around october november in the run-up to crimbo anyway so collider they say following our report that the upcoming star wars series the acolyte would be launching this summer collider has learned the acolyte is currently slated to debut on disney plus on june 5th Disney's representatives did not deny or confirm our reporting when reached for comment. So yeah, this is another one of those. Oh, we've been down this road a million times. It's uh, it's one of these blogs. And to be honest with you, Collider are normally not the worst offenders with this stuff. Mark and I have, um, we've gone to town a little bit on a couple of blogs recently, Screen Rant being one of them, where it's very, very clickbaity. And you normally get this, you know, according to our sources, and the sources are a bit, yeah a bit thin but collider have been okay i think uh in the past so who knows there you go the acolytes could be dropping on june 5th which is not that long really to wait we're at the end of feb so just a few months away but that might be the case and like i said the acolyte is the one i think that we're all looking forward to so we'll keep you posted on that stuff next up harrison ford's original star wars script you know the one if you know about scripts and you put the name harrison ford you put those things together you end up coming to the story that we've known over the decades where he famously left it all behind when he moved out of one of his flats in London back in the 70s, which is hilarious to me. So uh, Elgin Crescent in Notting Hill, 1976. You've got Harrison Ford. He's packing up all his mugs and his plates, putting all of his underwear in a bag, a couple of shirts ready to bugger off. Yeah, he's made a bit of money now. Yeah, he's been he's done his first film. That's all in the bag. I, I assume anyway that you know at this point in 1976 he'd finished principal photography on Star Wars, so he'd been paid for that presumably, and he's off, off to do other things. Left a few things in the flat though, and these things were found, and now they're going up for auction. So the script, uh, and this was over at um, an auction house over at Kings Langley here in the UK, by the way. Saturday just gone, and the script. So the script is very cool. And it was written by George Lucas, obviously, and it was the fourth draft uh, from the first Star Wars film, A New Hope. Uh, originally titled, so the title of the script is called The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. To those of you not in the know, and it's a really good idea to go back. If you want to get sort of little tidbits and little bits of trivia around the very early days in the run-up to making Star Wars, then go and check out, and I've I've recommend this documentary, I've done it a billion times, but... Um, Empire of Dreams, the making of the Star Wars trilogy. It's on Disney+. Plus. Go and give that a watch if you've not seen it. The bulk of it, it covers the first three films in the original trilogy, but I would say 60% of it is around the first Star Wars film and how George Lucas went from his early filmmaking days through to trying to get studios on board to make the film, all the rest of it. And it goes through a lot of this um, sort of early script stuff, like the early versions of the characters the early sort of premise of the force and all that stuff but yes the adventures of luke starkiller because that was luke's name prior to skywalker 
That was the script title. And it introduces uh, Han Solo uh, on page 56 of the script. It's com- it's incomplete and unbound, and some of the pages are different colours, so that indicates that there are various revisions and where they've included additional scenes, they've cut characters from the final edit, that kind of thing. But for the most part, um, it's all there. And so that sold for uh, 10795 so just shy of £11,000. Uh, the estimate was eight grand. That's what they went up for, so a couple of grand over, which is really cool. And then there was a few other items as well that Harrison Ford... This is amazing, just left... I don't, maybe, I'm pretty sure this was accidental, right? Or maybe back in the day, I don't know. You have to remember, and this is another thing that's in that documentary, which is really cool, is that George Lucas himself, all the principal actors, all of the crew, they thought that Star Wars, the first film, was going to be an absolute disaster. Just a massive flop. It was just going to be just crap, (laughs) basically. So back then, their mindsets were probably, uh, and I'm playing a guessing game here, that if Harrison Ford didn't accidentally leave this stuff in his flat, he probably just thought, yeah, no one's going to want this. You know, I've just finished work on Star Wars. We all think it's going to be pretty horrendous. So whoever finds it, you know, have a read, put it in a bin, whatever. Who knows? But some of the other things that were found were um, a letter from Harrison Ford's agent at the time, Patricia McQueenie, and she discusses in their um various contracts and future film prospects etc uh, which is pretty cool a letter um which also um scolded the hollywood actor for not contacting his wife <laughs> that fetched just under 200 quid there's another couple of bits for a few hundred quid one of the film's um shooting schedules was also put on sale which included a handwritten note that appears to refer to a meeting between Harrison Ford and the film producer Robert Watts that sold for just under five grand, which is called. And so, yeah, so a few bits, a few bits went under the hammer and raised a few quid there. So Jonathan Tarode of Excalibur Auction said the sale saw competitive bidding from around the globe for these never before seen pieces of Star Wars history. The personal provenance makes them socially unique. We hope they will be as treasured by the new owners as much as they were by the previous one. So that is pretty cool, actually. That is pretty cool. Typically, when you have scripts that go up for auction and that kind of thing, they're normally the run of the mill. You know, here's here's someone's script. It's got a few notes in it. That's probably the extent of it, and it's normally fairly fairly clean. This is unique in that it's just got various different revisions. It's got the previous title of the film, which is very unique, makes it really rare, and uh, and all these additional notes and letters and stuff. So, yeah, that's really cool. Alison Ford's original script sold for 10,795 squids. Let's move on to some gaming news, shall we? I'll tell you what, Spark Rebellion listener, I'm hyped for gaming this year for two reasons. Number one, I'm actually looking forward to Star Wars Outlaws, you know. I know it I know it's got some there's a little bit of sort of a, it's a bit we're a bit tentative on the story at the minute and the character. I get that. You know, it's kind of, it feels like a bit of an amalgamation between some of the old Star Wars games that were cancelled, like Star Wars 1313, some other bits where there was this kind of movement within Star Wars gaming that they wanted to get away from Jedi lightsabers and the Force and all that stuff and make it a bit more 
down to earth, a bit more Andor-ish, a bit more gritty and, you know, scoundrels and bounty hunters, all that stuff. And we almost got there. There was a there was a time when LucasArts and uh and Lucas film, they were like, okay, let's let's focus on the bounty hunter stuff. Let's do a bit more of a darker take on some of the characters. So we nearly got it, but then it the plug was pulled when Disney bought them out and so on. And then we went back to having more kind of mainstream uh, Star Wars games. But uh, Star Wars Outlaws, I think uh, I'm, I'm hyped for it because I think it's going to be a very cool um, open world adventure, which we really haven't got for quite a I think some of the PC gamers back in the day, and I think like the Old Republic and those sort of games, which I think people still play, still reasonably, pop- reasonably popular. You can obviously traverse the entire galaxy for the most part and, and do all that stuff, but we've not had a decent console open world game. And I think Jedi Survivor kind of sort of bridges that gap a little bit from um, Jedi Fallen Order and some of the other single-player Star Wars games we've had and a proper open world. But we'll wait and see on that. But anyway, the gaming news. So this is the second reason why I'm hyped, is that uh, the Battlefront Classic Collection is coming really soon. So in a few weeks' time, March 14th, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 are going to be released for... Nintendo Switch, PS5, PS4, the Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, and PC. And it features, um, yeah, so Star Wars Battlefront, the collection, uh, one and two. So those of you unaware, if you've only played the DICE versions of Star Wars Battlefront, I think the first one arrived, I think that was 2012 or 2014, one of the two. And then we had Star Wars Battlefront 2 a couple of years later, Amazing games, especially Star Wars Battlefront 2. Looks amazing, really good. A little bit of controversy on the launch of that one with the whole loot boxes thing and microtransactions, all that stuff. But it actually turned out to be a really good game. They expanded it. They cancelled all the microtransaction stuff. Really got their handle on um, some of the hero characters and the level design. And I said graphically, beautiful, all that stuff. Really cool. However, um, if if you're not aware, there was actually... a couple of Star Wars Battlefront games back in the day. And these were really, really good, especially Star Wars Battlefront 2. And they really, really focused on um, the kind of large-scale battle. So what they did with the remakes that DICE made was that they they did that. They had a game, I think it was a game mode called Supremacy or Walker Assault and all that kind of stuff. But they really sort of doubled down on the hero side of play. So you had... Um, um, uh, three versus three or four versus four, something like that. And you were you try to level up your character and, and, and do all that stuff. The old school Battlefront games were much more focused on just big, um, big sort of large scale battles and uh, and being involved in large skirmishes and that kind of thing. So that these were really cool, actually. And like I said, especially the second one, they really built on it. So as is obvious with these things, the graphics are going to be a little bit dated, of course. You know, we're talking about games that came out back in... Oh, I can't even remember when these came out. Good sort of 15 years ago, I think. So the graphics are going to be a little bit, you know, on the uh, on the wonky side. However, they're a ton of fun to play. They really are. So they're fully restored for online play, up to 64 players. All the expansions in there are in there. So Hero Assault Mode is in there. All the previously released bonus content for both games is there. And if you're a Steam user, you can use this on Steam Deck as well. So it's got full Steam Deck support if you want to be out and about 
or in another room if your significant other has got the tv and you want to play it you can do that so here's a full breakdown of all the stuff that's uh that's coming and this is all the console exclusive extras that's now on all the platforms as well so star wars battlefront the classic includes the bonus map jabba's palace and then star wars battlefront 2 that includes all the bonus maps so bespin um, the Renvar Harbour, Renvar Citadel, and Yavin 4, the arena, and also the bonus heroes, Asajj Ventress and Kit Fisto. Very, very cool. And then some of the um, the highlighted features are um, Traverse the Galaxy in Campaign Mode and Gal- uh, Galactic Conquest. So Galactic Conquest is divide your strategy, recruit your troops, and ex- execute your tactical vision for conquering the galaxy. And then the campaign is experience iconic battles from Star Wars episodes one to six. And then Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, that campaign is join the rise of Darth Vader's elite 501st Legion of Stormtroopers. Guys, these are so cool. One of the massive complaints that was with the original Star Wars Battlefront from DICE, the remake one, was there was no campaign mode. And then when we got to Star Wars Battlefront 2, they did put campaign in there. That was um, one of the... Um, is it uh, Verso? Uh, you played as that character, and you were def- you defected basically from the Empire. It, was, it picks up when the the second Death Star um, explodes, and then you defer from there over to um, the Re- the Rebel Alliance and so on, uh, which was kind of cool actually. That wasn't a bad campaign. However, these campaigns are awesome. They're very very cool. So that's the campaign stuff, and then in terms of multiplayer, like I said, up to six four player support. Uh, so there's something called Fight on the Ground, which is Wookiee Warriors, uh, Jet Troopers, Droidicas, uh, more in massive multiplayer action. You get to drive vehicles, so speeder bikes, ATSTs, ATRTs, and more. And you pilot leg- legendary starships, so TIE Fighters, X-Wings, and more in the space and the air dogfights and whatnot. You've got Expanded Hero Assault, which is for the first time ever. Hero Assault is playable on all ground maps, including Death Star, Kashyyyk, Kamino, and Naboo. And fight with heroes, Mace Windu, Yoda, Luke, many others. And battle with the villains, so Darth Maul, Grievous, Vader, and many others. So there we go. Loads of content. So Star Wars, and then it just finishes this bit of blurb that comes with it. It just says, Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront 2, originally developed by LucasArts, are action-slash-shooter games that incorporate elements of strategy and stand among the most beloved Star Wars games of all time. Very cool. So... March the 14th. Uh, price on this one is uh, $35, which I tell you what, is, is not too bad, to be honest with you, considering that brand new games now developed for these um, platforms, the most current gen, normally sell for somewhere between 70, well, 70 pounds here in the UK and 100 pounds. That's not too bad, considering, considering you are getting... Um, you know, two complete games here, and there's quite a bit of content. Now, I can see these blowing up online for sure, absolutely, because they're such favoured games among the Star Wars gaming community, and people had fun with these for years when they were out originally. I think I think these are going to blow up, at least for a few months, at least, and, uh, and people are going to have a ton of fun with these. So there we go. Star Wars Battlefront, the classic collection, lands on all the consoles and PC, March 14th and let's finish up with some more gaming news this was announced well say announced um, this was spoken about um, just after I recorded actually last week for um, after I did episode uh, 
209. And this is another game that's been developed by Respawn. So apparently Respawn is developing a first-person game based on The Mandalorian. Now, those of you unaware, Respawn is the studio that makes the Jedi series of games, so Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor. And, um, you know, based on the, the majority of user reviews and gamer reviews and sales, they're doing a pretty good job of it so far. So they also make the online... The reason why I'm saying this is it's relevant because they make the online multiplayer shooter Apex Legends. So the fact that they're taking that kind of... You know, they've got that down to a fine art now. Apex is actually a pretty sweet game. I install it every now and then, play it for a few weeks. It's a, it's a great, it's great fun. It's very, very cool. But they've got the shooting mechanics and the, in all that stuff down to a fine art now because the game's been out for, I don't know, three years, I think, two years, three years, maybe longer. So one would assume, rightly or wrongly, that if they're making a first-person shooter which is more story-driven, more campaign-driven, that they would take a lot of the learnings from Apex and incorporate that into the game. So this this is, again, one of those things that, oh, sources, you know, at, so sources at Insider Gaming are reporting that Respawn Entertainment is developing a first-person Star Wars game based on The Mandalorian, and the game is in its early stages of development. So just to give you a heads-up, listener, that probably means if it's in early stages of development, we're probably looking at a 2026, at least, uh, launch date, four, five, six, maybe 2027 probably is more realistic. We'll see how they get on. But I'm going to read you this blurb. According to sources, the game will see the player take control of a Mandalorian bounty hunter, it's unclear who at the minute, set during the time when the Galactic Empire is dominating across the galaxy. It's your job as a bounty hunter to capture bounties dead or alive for cash rewards. Now, as first reported by VentureBeat's Jeff Grubb, the game is being led by Respawn and creative director Mohamed Alavi, who left the studio to pursue his next adventure. According to Grubb, uh, who didn't disclose it was a Star Wars game at the time, but has recently, the game will be focused on mobility and style as guiding principles. Interesting. The game's high mobility has been made possible uh, storytelling-wise thanks to the Mandalorian's jetpack which allows a player to perform horizontal dashing, vertical jumping, boost sliding, somewhat similar to sliding down hills in Apex Legends. As I mentioned earlier, Apex, I think, is going to be a big influence on this and more. So sources describe the game as very fast-paced and as such will reward players who play in this style. For example, the player's health will mainly regenerate based on successive kills. As to be expected, playing as a Mandalorian bounty hunter gives the player a wide variety of weapons, and gadgets including a wrist rocket, grapple hook, a visor for tagging enemies and bounties and more. It's understood that the game will not be an open world and have linear levels taking place on a variety of different planets in the Star Wars universe. While it's unclear when the game will be released, it's said we're still a year or two away at the very least. It's unclear if the game will have a multiplayer experience or not. Uh, and there's a, a, an update on this since the article um, went live over at jedinews.com. It says sources have since revealed that Alavi was not directing this game and instead was directing a cancelled Apex Legends game, which was first reported by Bloomberg. So there you have it. So quite a bit of blurb there. And as we know with these things, there's no smoke without fire. Respawn probably are making a first person game. And that makes sense because in conjunction with Lucasfilm Games, and um, an EA, I think EA is the studio or the publisher for the Jedi games. Um, 
this makes sense because now I'm no expert on video game development or any of that stuff, but if you have a studio who already make Star Wars kind of linear driven um, game, especially Jedi Fallen Order, you know, there is a map there. You can do the levels in whatever order you want to. You don't have to do them. And then as new planets get revealed throughout the story, you can visit them at any time. And then they expanded on that with Jedi Survivor, making it even more open. It's still not a true open world, um, but it does feel very Apex Legends-y, Jedi Survivor. So it makes sense for a studio that already makes semi-linear Star Wars games. They already make... Um, third and first person online multiplayer shooters why not combine the two together so for me this feels like a bit of a win-win for respawn because they can take you know the best bits from jedi the jedi games the best fit best bits from apex legends slam them together and there you have a pretty sweet star wars first person shooter game so whether they're going to use the graphics engine from um, the jedi games which i think they based it on uh, Unreal Engine 4, I believe. I think they've dived into un- uh, Unreal Engine on that one. And then Apex, I'm not 100% sure on that. It's definitely not Unreal Engine. I think that might be their own in-house engine. I could be wrong, but I think that's the case. Who knows what it's going to look like or how it's going to run or anything like that. But in my opinion, more Star Wars games is good because we have had a bit of a drought really on stuff that we thought was coming. So one thing that really got wags, uh, tails wagging and, and tongues talking everything a couple of years ago was when we got that trailer drop for a game called Star Wars Eclipse, which looked highly um, sort of stylized in terms of dark side stuff and, uh, you know, acolyte stuff and Sith. and But that sort of disappeared into nothingness. And I think when fans were, or certain blog outlets were chasing what was happening with that a little while ago, the 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 studio director said, yeah, you know, we're still cooking it. You know, it's still doing, we're still on it, but yeah, I've no idea what's happening with that. Um, and so other than star Wars outlaws, and I think we've got a mobile game that's going to drop at some point this year. Um, you know, I'm not really too fussed about that, but other than outlaws, you know, we're a bit, a bit like star Wars movies. We're a little bit thin. We're a little bit thin on the ground with that stuff. So I think another star Wars game, on the calendar at least, on the roadmap is going to be good. So yeah, don't expect this one to drop. I, In my opinion, this is probably going to be a 2027 if the game is going to make, you know, going to progress at all. Let's not forget Star Wars games, again, like Star Wars films, have a habit of going into early development and then being dropped. So fingers crossed this doesn't happen because it does sound like a cool idea. Being able to play as a Mandalorian, do all that stuff sounds very cool. So there we go, Respawn, developing a first-person game based on The Mandalorian. And Sparkle Rebellion listener, that is going to do it there for episode 210. Thank you, thank you for listening to another episode of spark of rebellion that was 210 it was great to have you with me as i rounded out all of the star wars news and keeping you up to date on what's happening in the galaxy not too far away some cool stuff there let me know what you thought of the upcoming gaming news by the way the release of battlefront the classic collection respawn developing a new star wars game and what your thoughts are 
on Star Wars Outlaws. I'd be fascinated to see what you think about that one because that's probably the most divisive of all these games. You know, it's a brand new character, a brand new um, sort of storyline for that. Sort of veers off course just a little bit from what we would expect from the usual sort of factions that you would focus on Star Wars games, whether that's Jedi or Sith or Bounty Hunters, whatever. This is a little bit a little bit different. So you can hit me up on the Twitter. Uh, Mark and I will see all of that stuff. It's sparkrebellion.com forward slash Twitter. That will take you there. Or to do a search on Twitter for Spark Rebellion. You'll find us there and let me know what you think of that stuff. We are also on Instagram. Just go to sparkrebellion.com slash Instagram. And on both of those, we post Star Wars little tidbits and news and updates on what we're up to throughout the week. So get involved and come and chat Star Wars with us throughout the week. As I mentioned earlier, you can also support Spark Rebellion. Just go to sparkrebellion.com forward slash support and you can jump on. You can throw us some beer money if you like. There's like a tip section on there. Um, Or if you want to support the show long term and, and be a member, choose your light or your dark side. Both tiers are exactly the same and uh, grab yourself a laptop sticker some merch Uh, we'll get you on the show at some point as well and um, everything that we make through there as i said goes into producing and maintaining this very podcast so thank you very much to our continued supporters kev thank you very much dude Uh, pascal denise mark all you guys are very cool and the rest of you thank you so much um, for your support for spark of rebellion So I'm going to wrap it there. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Mark should be back next week. Both of us will be waffling about Star Wars. So have a good one. We'll see you for 211. And remember, may the Force be with you always. Always.